Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, What more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to Neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. Living life unapologetically can make some enemies. On December 12, 1982, two men who lived the life that they wanted, a life beyond what was conventional, became the victims of a group of young people desperate to put an end to them and get some money in the process. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Charles Scudder came from a wealthy family and, as an adult, became a professor of pharmacology at Chicago's Loyola University. Described as brilliant, soft-spoken but confident, and polished, Charles did well in his job and became a well-respected member of the school. But when 1976 rolled around, the professor grew tired of city life and wishing to escape, quote, taxes, light bills, gas bills, water bills, heating bills, and the helpless feeling that resulted in watching my old neighborhood disintegrate into an urban ghetto, he decided to leave it all behind and escape to an isolated spot in the North Georgia woods at the age of 50. Leaving behind most of his worldly possessions, Charles brought with him his lover, Joe Odom, and together the couple constructed an elaborate mini-castle by hand over the course of just about two years. Called the Corpsewood Manor and tucked deeply in the Chattooga County woods, the 45-acre property took on a life of its own with its unique architecture and even more chaotic interior decoration. Now, you see, even before dropping everything and living in the woods, Dr. Charles Scudder had quite the reputation for his odd behavior. Known for his government-funded experiments with mind-altering drugs like LSD, Charles often dyed his hair wild colors, had a pet monkey, and when he did leave the school to move to Georgia, took with him two human skulls and, according to the sources, about 12,000 doses of LSD. Also described as a party-loving Satanist, not entirely factual, as... 
Though members of the Church of Satan, Dr. Scudder was a practicing atheist, Charles and Joe, away from the prying eyes of society, decided to live the life that they always wanted, decorated the home with skulls and pink gargoyles, had a stained glass window of Baphomet, and treated their new home as a mausoleum in an endless state of repair and change. And as the story goes, they had something called the Pink Room, a converted three-story chicken house where they held wild sex parties for willing participants. With local rumors swirling about the perversities happening in Corpsewood, Charles seemed to finally be able to live the life that he wanted, was free to celebrate and explore all aspects of religion, was able to be more free with his sexuality, and overall, just be happy. Something that not everyone was too keen about. Because of where their property was, local hunters often came along Corpsewood Manor and asked for permission to use the land. This is how Dr. Charles Scudder and Joe Odom met a young man named Kenneth Avery Brock. Avery was an avid hunter and had been given permission by the couple to use the land whenever he wanted. Though extended a kindness, Avery heard all the rumors about what happened in Corpsewood and, for some reason, believed the pair to be millionaires, when in reality, they used almost all of their money building their dream home. Avery, just 17 years old, spent his life as a victim of abuse, was eventually kicked out of his home by his father for stealing food, and began living in a rundown trailer with 30-year-old Samuel Tony West. Samuel, before ever meeting Avery, lived a harder life than most. Having shot his two-year-old nephew accidentally when he was just 13 years old, killing the young boy, he spent the rest of his life in and out of psychological and psychiatric treatments, as well as mental institutions. In 1982, when Avery came to live with him, the 30-year-old already had a violent felony record. Now, here's where things start to get a little hazy. With sources differing and information being scarce, it's hard to know why and for how long Avery specifically had been visiting Corpsewood Manor. While some say it was simply during his hunting trips, and others saying that both he and Samuel went there for parties, a woman named Amy Petula wrote a book on the case and claimed the young boy had several sexual encounters with Charles at the home, and eventually, he brought his roommate with him so they could enjoy the free booze and drugs. Regardless, at some point, Avery, whether a willing participant or not, told Samuel that the men took advantage of him, and with delusions of a big payout clouding their heads, the pair decided that they were going to get back at Dr. Charles Scudder by robbing his secluded home. So on December 12, 1982, Kenneth Avery Brock and Samuel Tony West recruited Samuel's nephew, Joey Wells, and his friend, Teresa Hudgens, and together they all made their way to Corpsewood Manor, armed and ready to go. Seeing the four guests arriving at his front door, Charles kindly offered them some homemade wine and a huffing mixture. They agreed, and at some point in their drug and alcohol-fueled haze, Avery went out to the car and got his rifle, walked back in, and immediately shot Joe Odom and the couple's two English Mastiffs, Beelzebub and Arsenath. Grabbing Charles and showing him what he did, the group began demanding whatever money he had. They had no clue that there was nothing of worth inside of the home, and after he told them that there was nothing that he could give them, 
Charles was shot five times in the head and left lying in a pool of blood on the ground. Taking whatever they could, the group fled the scene and drove west, where they stopped at an I-20 rest stop just outside Vicksburg, Mississippi, and stole a car belonging to Navy Lieutenant Kirby Phelps, murdering the man in the process. On December 16th, a neighbor noticed bullet holes littering the door of Corpsewood Manor and called the local police. That's on the same day that a guilty Teresa Hudgens came forward and confessed to the group's crimes. With the sheriff claiming that she was held captive by Joey Wells at his mother's home before she managed to escape, a nationwide search for the three young men began. Joey Wells turned himself in and cooperated with police, which is why he nor Teresa were ever charged. Avery Brock turned himself in on December 20th, and Samuel West did the same in Chattanooga, Tennessee on Christmas Eve. In the end, in the midst of a complete media circus, Samuel West was found guilty of two counts of murder and sentenced to death, while Kenneth Avery, pleading guilty, was given three consecutive life sentences. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to a terrible thing happened on December 13th. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello. Hello, it is your partner, Big Boy, interested in giving back to your community while making new connections in your neighborhood. Introducing Neighbor to Neighbor, a California volunteers network that empowers you to take action, contribute to local needs, and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Visit caneighbors.com to learn more about how you can get to know your neighbor and strengthen your community. Neighbor to neighbor, it takes a neighborhood. Hello.